And I'm going to add to what Alicia has already shared. We're, again, in working in unity here together. Psalm 71 is the verse of Scripture. I want you to look at it with me for just a moment. Psalm 71. I thank the Lord for mine and Sherry's children that have come out to honor their mother today and provided great fellowship and free labor yesterday. You get older, you appreciate that even more. Come on, I'm about ready to take up an offering right now. <laughs> read this with me here today, though, before we just kind of go a little bit farther here. Let's read this. Let's, 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 it can be, this is a unisex verse, and that's a word I don't usually use in church because I don't like the blending that the culture has created for us. But obviously, this is one that it doesn't matter, male or female, this should be something in your heart that you desire to see. Is that right? Y'all read this with me here, verse 18. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. Today I have something for the ladies of our fellowship that I honor and appreciate, and that is, I want to encourage you as we seek to see God's power move from one generation to another. That's my, that's my heart today, from one generation to another. And I want to ask you to just, let's, let's build upon the gifts and the callings of the women that have been on this platform already, but we're really building more than just upon the ladies that have been on this platform but the ladies that have labored before the Lord in this valley uh, since the early 20s in Pentecostal ministry, when Pentecostalism was not as readily acceptable in the body of Christ as it is today. There's been a Pentecostal spirit-filled fellowship right here at 1009 West Searcy Street for almost 100 years. There's been an Assemblies of God fellowship, and it's not just been the preaching of the men or the leadership of deacons, but it's been the faithfulness of women who have served God passionately and saw the agitation of spiritual gifts and callings in their lives. So we're going to pray. God, we ask you to bless as you already have the exhortation of the word and now the preaching of the word. Father, I pray, let it come alive to us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this text. Thank you for what I'm going to share, what I'm going to share, the things you put in my spirit today. It's in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. Now listen, there's a couple things, that, first of all, that I don't want to do today. And I don't want to attempt to speak to the women of our fellowship about things that I know nothing about personally. Now there ought to be a great relief to many of you here today, because obviously you could see that. You can see that created or attempted to be created by men to speak. I can't speak about childbirth. I can't speak about pain related to it. I can't experienced I can't even speak about the very things considering the hurt that Alicia was speaking to a few moments ago I can recognize the validity of it and the need for healing and virtue and healing mercy in the lives of men, of women correct but I can't fully identify but I'm grateful today that God can right that he knows and he's able to to respond and and uh, we've been, I've been ministering for several weeks about the healing power of God for the wounded, for the hurting, and that certainly extends to women. 
We're trusting that you're going to do more than worship while wounded, but you're going to be healed as you worship. That's our belief here at Hebrew First Assembly. And so I'm not going to try to go somewhere that perhaps I'm not as familiar with, but I am going to share some things with you that is connected to my heart for you as a lady. Whether you are the youngest lady under the sound of my voice, I mean just barely in grade school maybe, or whether you are the senior saint among us uh, or watching online, it doesn't, here's a prayer that I'm, it's a promise, but it's a prayer for me. It's a promise made to you, but it's a prayer that I have for you as your pastor. And I'm going to say this, I mean this with all of my heart. I believe the next two verses that we're going to put on the screen could be the greatest promise made to every woman under the sound of my voice here today. Did y'all know that? How many know the Word of God is filled with great promises to women? But I'm going to share with you two verses that hold a promise to every lady. And I want you to open your spiritual receptors. I want you to have them ready to receive this engrafted Word. But in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 17 and 18, the Apostle Peter is quoting the prophet Joel, on the day of Pentecost, following the outpouring of the Spirit of God that was sung about just a moment ago on this stage, and the church was born. That was the text, the, the song, the church was born. So just perhaps hours or minutes earlier, the Spirit of God had ushered into the area, of the perhaps the room where there was men and women worshiping. They were worshiping together. And look at verses 17 and 18. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. Not saith man, not saith the assemblies of God, not saith religion, but saith God. That's a good place to say amen. Here's what God said. God is saying, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, colon. We pause right there. God said, I'm going to begin to pour out in a subsequent generation beyond what the history of ancient Israel has been. He said, there's going to come something that was futurist from that time. It is not the past to us. It is ever bit as much the present as it was at that time. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And here's where the promise gets to be applied to not only the men, which the scripture are filled, is filled with many promises made to men, but here the prophetic word is, God said, in the generation that is about to come, which was 2,000 years ago, God said, I'm going to pour my spirit out, and not only are your sons, which have been prophets, priests, and kings for hundreds of years in the lineage of the nation of Israel, God said, and your daughters are going to prophesy. Did y'all feel that right there? I felt that. The spirit of the Lord is going to come upon your daughters equally as he does upon the men. Let's read that on down. And your young men are going to see visions. And your old men are going to dream dreams. Let's read that, the next verse. And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I'm going to pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
Man, that gets me excited today to know that whether, again, you are the senior most saint among us or whether you are the youngest child among us here today, as a female, the power of the promise of the Spirit of God coming upon you is just as readily available now as it was when it was first uttered off the lips of the Apostle Peter on the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. You can have, ma'am, I want you to know today that you can have the spirit of the living God upon you and the anointing of God that can change you into another person and you can function and, and flow in the prophetic giftings of God. That doesn't just have to be somebody else's testimony. It can be your testimony as well. And you can begin to prophesy. What does that mean? The word prophecy in the original Hebrew, this was Greek, but when it was used under the Old Covenant, the prophetic literally at the core simply means to bubble forth like a brook that bubbles forth. A brook that bubbles forth. Perhaps that's why Jesus said in John chapter 7, come unto me and drink. And he said, if you thirst, he said, out of your own belly is going to flow a river of living water. And when that prophetic unction comes upon you, ma'am, let me tell you, the first thing is, is prophetic praise. There is power in prophetic praise. Now, number one, God is great, and he's greatly to be praised. And there's not, I mean, I believe in worship and organized and orchestrated worship, but I'm telling you, you can be alone, and the Spirit of God can bubble up on the inside of you a song that is prophetic, and you worship the living God, and it flows freely out of your own spirit. But then not only, listen, does it bring glory to God, but the Bible says that prophetic praise is actually a defense against your adversary. Did you know that? The Bible says that it will steal the avenger. And you say, well, pastor, I'm just a 97-pound lady. I'm uh, 82 years old, and I got just my little hand uh, cane to get into the church. But let me tell you, inside of you is the greatest weapon on this side of eternity, and that is the Spirit of the living God that is speaking the prophetic word of Almighty God. And you may be feeble on the outside, but the life of God is on the inside of you. And if you'll just begin to open your mouth, uh, I'm telling you, you can shut the devil up in Jesus' name. You don't have to run to the bedroom and hide. You can say, get thee behind me, Satan, and demons have to flee before you because of the anointing of God that was upon your life. I was driving down the road this week kind of thinking about where I was going with the message, and I, I remembered, I, it might have been the sermon, I don't know when I preached it, but I told that story about Amityville Horde. Y'all remember that? I got that message in my mind. I remember my mom and dad traumatizing me as a young child when I watched that movie. And I told you I remember that they, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and share it again. It needs to be rehearsed here today because I, I, I preached myself happy driving down the road just thinking about it that day. Um, because in that, in that, in that movie, they brought, the, they brought the Catholic priest in with his holy water to drive away the demon that was in the house. And, and I told you in the movie, that voice began to cry out. There were flies buzzing and things were moving. And don't go back and watch it. It's idiotic. It's stupid to watch things like that. Yes, I'll say that it is. Don't bring that stuff in. But I did bring it in when I was just a child. And so, but nonetheless, that voice said, get out. And it wasn't long before the, 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 the Catholic priest was getting out. He was the one going. I told you the error that they made was they brought the Catholic priest in. But they should have went down to the Pentecostal church and got him a little lady full of the Holy Ghost and power. And I created that image in your mind this way. I said, Grandma would come in with her cane, 
like this. And she, by the Pentecostals of that day, all the ladies had their hair up in bun, right? You remember that? On the top of their head with little bobby pins come in. And, and, and she would have walked into that house, and that voice would have said, you got to go, Grandma. But Grandma would have taken that bobby pin out, shook her hair down like that. And Grandma would have said, somebody's about to go, but it's not going to be me because I come in the name of Jesus by the power of the Spirit of the living God, and I've got power to cast out devils in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, Mama, you can have the anointing of God upon your life. The Spirit of God can be upon you, and you can have warfare by the power of the Spirit. And not only can you have warfare, but you can declare the prophetic blessing over your family. You know, I know that, we, listen, we live in a generation of hurt, absolutely. But hurt is going to continue to perpetuate until somebody says, enough is enough. I'm not going to perpetuate what was passed to me. It's killed at the cross. It's broken by the blood. And the curses of the past generation aren't going to be upon my family and my children. And you say, well, listen, I'm a single mother. I don't have a husband to speak. You don't have to wait on the man to open his mouth to declare the anointing of God over your household. You can have the spirit of the living God upon you. When I read that text of Scripture, I didn't see anything limited to age. I saw, a, a gener I saw generationally how this thing can come together. So there's a prophetic outpouring of the Holy Spirit that can unite the generations of women in the church. We are too fragmented in the church. We got a class for every age. We've got, we put the old folks here and the young folks here and those that are in the middle somewhere, they're doing their own thing. But let me tell you, there is power, and I know maybe sometimes you've got to do that, but that's all good. I'm not trying to take away from those moments because interests differ, I understand. But there comes some times that it needs to just kind of be folded all in together. And you need to have some young girls getting up alongside of grandmas in the Lord that got the anointing of God on their life. Because let me tell you, young ladies here today, you don't have it all figured out. And grandma don't have it all figured out, but she's way farther down the road than you are. And she's got the Spirit of God upon her. And she's wrestled some things out. And she's cried hot tears on an altar. And she knows what it's like to suffer and struggle and see the hand of God be upon her and bring her through dark days. And you need to get around her because what she's got will get over on you if you'll honor her in the Lord. I believe that. Here's a passage of Scripture that I love. We're going to put it on the screen today. Titus chapter number 2, verses 3 through 5. Now, there's some tough verses at the end of this. And some ladies, you better be careful on this one. I know y'all, and the ladies are thinking, Pastor, you better be careful on this one. But the aged women, likewise, now, that's all, that's up to you. I'm not going to classify who that is. Are y'all out there? Men, you better not classify it either. So you just got to decide amongst yourself, ladies, what category you're in. The aged women, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine. Some of you are wiping your brow and go, well, at least I got a little in there. No, no, listen, we didn't go in there either. Teacher of good things. Teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. Verse 4, that they may what? That they may teach the young women. Paul's right there. Now, he's going to identify some things to love their children, love their husbands, 
even in the strong King James Version, it says to be even obedient unto your husbands. And I know that'll get you run out of church quickly if I preach that. Go ahead and throw it up there, though. I'd be, un- it'd be unfair to the text. To be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands. But here's the key, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Go back to the fourth verse. How that all gets worked out, I can't tell you. But the thing that excites me is when I see the aged women teaching the young women. Because there are some things that follow that that puts the expectation upon the young women that I'm telling you, if you don't have the Spirit of God upon your life, you can't do the things that Paul's telling you that you need to do. If your husband is a knucklehead, you can't love him and honor him the way that God wants you to unless you've got the Spirit of God in your life. You've got children that have been influenced by the craziness of this world and this community. You can't be the, the God that you need to be to help protect them the way that you want to protect them from the things that are trying to destroy them unless you have the Spirit of God upon your life. So I want to see, here's what I want to see. I have, a, I have a desire in my heart to see the aged women that have a prophetic unction on their life teach the young women how to get the Spirit of God upon them. Right, so that they can be prophetic the same way that they are. I believe that you have to have the Spirit of God upon your life, a young lady, and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, then you can be yielded to the Holy Spirit, and you can walk in the Spirit of God. Have the anointing of God upon your life. I believe the prophetic unction of two generations are needing to be awakened and reawakened by coming together. Did you hear that? I said by coming together. I'm going to clarify that because I don't think that you caught that fully. There's prophetic unction that, especially in one generation, is still just as present as has always been, but it's not agitated because it becomes, and you know, how many know agitation can be a good thing? It's typically used negatively in the culture that we speak of, but the Bible uses it positively. You agitate spiritual gifts. You stir them up. They, they need to be stirred up. They can grow dormant. Spiritual gifts on the inside of you can be like farm equipment sitting in the field year after year, year after year until it becomes rusty. It has the potential to do what it has always done, but it's rusty and it needs to be cleaned and agitated and stirred and it needs to be able to be released again. There are some gifts in the ladies, the senior saints, the aged women among us, prophetic unctions, but one of the reasons why that they're not flowing as freely as they used to is because the younger generation are not coming up close enough to them to agitate the gift that's on the inside side of them because if we'll get close enough to that I'm telling you there is a spiritual dynamic and a spiritual work where that person that has one type of anointing will stir the agitate or agitate the anointing that's in another and you'll see the prophetic begin to pass from one generation to the other and I thank God for the prophetic unction. There are some folks and some ladies. I'm telling you, I lo- when I was a young man in ministry, Jace asked me to share just a little bit about my grandmother and a story I told him um, uh, this past Wednesday night. But I didn't, I, and, and I'm not telling you any stories. The only story I'm going to tell you is that when I first received the baptism in the Holy Spirit at 17 years of age, and I began to find out that my grandmother uh, on the Hodges side uh, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues, uh, and then I, began, I found out that my other grandmother on the Brown side, uh, which was rose by her, 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 her birth, and so uh, that she was filled with the Holy Spirit. I went to those ladies because I wanted to talk to my grandma. I wanted to identify with the gift of God that was on the inside of them. Are y'all out there today? 
and I wanted to be somebody that, that I could see that what I have in my life is a direct result of the prophetic anointing that was on two generations earlier in the lineage because it passed prophetically. Because when they prophesied and spoke in other tongues, they may have not known here what they were saying, but the Spirit of God was praying prophetic prayers over generations to come because that's what the Spirit of the Lord does. Did you not read it in Psalm 71? The psalmist said, let me not depart into eternity until I have shown the generation to come the power of the living God. I want to share with you a couple of things here. The Lord's put in my spirit real quickly that I think can help validate this. It's a couple of stories of Scripture, ones that are really familiar. And at the point that I have, I just almost have a singular point here today, is I want to see the younger generation get near the older generation again so that what's inside the older generation will be agitated by what's inside the younger generation and then there will be a release in the older generation because it maybe hadn't been as used as much as it could or should have been. And it will pro- pro- prophetically flow out of the older generation and pass to the generation that is to come. Listen, I believe in the way the, the passing of the prophetic. I, when you read the word of God, the passing of the prophetic is sometimes you just got to get around prophetic folks. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying here today. I told you a long time ago when I was in the military, my first supervisor said, when you work with a painter, you get paint on you. I didn't know what that meant. I kind of went home confused until I ciphered it out a little bit. It was because I told him I was a preacher. And he said, well, I'm glad you're in the office because when you work with a painter, you get paint on you. Well, let me tell you, if you get around prophetic people who have the anointing of God upon their life, the Spirit of God upon them, I'm telling you, it'll awake something inside you. And we've got some women in the kingdom of God that have a prophetic anointing on their lives. That are just waiting. Just waiting to speak the life of God over a younger generation. And prophetically declare. The story is told, there's two stories that I'm going to connect with in scripture today before we pray. And we are going to pray in this house today. We're going to pray for the prophetic to pass. To be agitated, to stirred up among us. But I was thinking real quickly of the famous story of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, the husband, had left the land of Bethlehem due to the famine land. I don't have time to develop the entire thought process. But you know that while there, sojourning in the land of Moab for 10 years, she lost her husband and her two children, her two sons, who had taken two wives of the daughters of Moab. And so when she got ready to return because she had heard that there was bread in the land of, of, of Bethlehem, the, literally the word Bethlehem in the Hebrew means house of bread. And so it was kind of ironic that the house of bread didn't have bread, but now there's bread, and they make a return journey. And so she intends to return without her daughter-in-laws, two daughter-in-laws, Orpha and Ruth, and they had an emotional, uh, an emotional farewell. And she told her daughters to go back to their families, go back to their people, go back to their gods. And Orpha, the one daughter-in-law, kissed Naomi and left. But it's a powerful story of Ruth. Because God had put something in the heart of Ruth that Ruth wanted to, wanted to serve Naomi. That she clung to Naomi. And when Naomi was trying to literally push her away out of authentic care for her, because Naomi knew when she got back it was going to be tough. They had sold their land, their houses to make the journey. It was going to be tough. But the Bible tells us in Ruth chapter number 1 that Ruth said, that the Scripture says that Ruth clung to Naomi. Rather than kiss her and say goodbye, she clung to her. And she said these words, paraphrasing. She said, where you go, I will go. 
and your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. And there was something that was tied to this younger generation serving the older generation, but the providential hand of God brought them to the very first day that Ruth went out in the field, as many of the impoverished people did, to glean in the field. And when she was out gleaning, she gleaned from the field of a man by the name of Boaz. It's a powerful story. It's only four chapters. You ought to read it. And so when, when she got home with the gleanings that she had taken from the field, she's sharing them with her mother-in-law. And when she did, her mother-in-law said, where did you glean? She said, I gleaned in the field of a man by the name of Boaz. And when she did, it was as if something stirred on the inside of Naomi because she saw the providential hand of God at work. And so she said, that man is one of our kinsmen. He's a near kinsman. God could be at work putting something together. And so, and I'm, how many of you have ever felt that in your life, that you didn't know exactly how it was going to work out, but you could begin to see God was putting something, taking, making ashes and turning it into beauty, taking your mourning and turning it into dancing. And after a period of time, the entire our harvest was made and she gleaned only in the field of Boaz and Boaz took notice of her and when that happened uh, the scripture says that Naomi knew that this was a moment and her concern was for Ruth we're going to read five verses of scripture here from the book of Ruth because I want you to see what took place for just a minute at a time remember what Titus chapter number two said it said that the aged women that they should do what that they should teach the younger generation Ruth chapter number 3, verse number 1, if we can. We're going to put that on the screen, I think. There it is. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to who? Ruth. My daughter, shall I not? Look at the care for her. The care that had been sown into the life of Naomi by Ruth, which she gleaned day after day under the sun and in the heat and with a little bit of shame and impoverished. Naomi said, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but I know what? I can use the gift that God's given me, which is wisdom to help seek rest for you, that in your latter days, it's going to go well for you. My God, I want to see the aged women among us stop looking down on the young girls who don't have uh, the same convictions that you have, listen, maybe they don't have the same convictions you have is because we allowed this culture to fragment us. If we can bring you back together again, you can influence this young generation in the convictions that God gave you. Verse number two, and now is not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maidens thou wast, behold, he's winnowing barley tonight in the threshing floor. You could go a lot of different ways with this, but I won't today. But verse number three. So listen, I could just see this in my mind. Pause real quickly. And so Ruth, you know, Ruth, she had a husband for a while, a while but he passed on, she'd been, and she kind of forgot that whole dating thing and, 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 and all that, and she'd been out in the field all day, and so, so she, Ruth, uh, Naomi said to Ruth and said, you know, we, we want you to go, I want you to go down to the, the winnowing floor tonight. And so Ruth just gets up, and she's all hot and sweaty, and and dirty and grimy she's been in the field that's all she's known for the last several months and she's going to go down to the threshing floor and so but Naomi's going to teach her and say no you can't go like that girl get back in here get in there we got to clean you up just a little bit we got to be washed we got to get the anointing on your life if you want Boaz to take notice of you, you got to get the anointing on your life. Oh, would to God an older generation would rise up and tell the younger generation, if you want Boaz to take notice of you, get the anointing of God's Spirit upon your life, and he'll bend his ear to hear your petition and your plight. Man, that's good preaching for a young guy like myself. 
But make not thyself known unto the man till he have done eating and drinking. Verse number 4 and 5, we'll read it quickly. And it shall be when he lieth down, thou shalt mark the place where he lieth, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lay down. He will tell thee what thou shalt do. But I love verse number 5. Young ladies, listen to this today. And she said unto her mother-in-law, to the woman that was the aged woman, all that thou sayest unto me, that's what I'm going to do. You want that anointing on your life? Young lady, align yourself with a spiritual mama. Align yourself with somebody that's got the anointing of God on their life, that's got the favor and the power and the blessing of God, that's got a prophetic word for you. And I'm going to close with one more scriptural account. I'm not somebody that takes the time to tell a lot of stories other than biblical stories because that's just the way that my mind works. And so there's another passage, though, that I just knew that this was what needed to be shared here today to conclude this thought. Connections is something that is kind of a theme that Alicia has had for our women's ministry from the very first time that I talked to her about leading our women's ministry. Connections, connecting. There's power when the younger generation connects with the older generation. There's a release of a spiritual dynamic. Are you all out there today? Let me show you another familiar passage that there's a few... Uh, principles of faith, just a couple nuggets that I'm telling you, if you can just follow this in your spirit, something powerful can happen, because I believe if it happened there, it can happen here as well. Luke chapter number one tells the story. It's infamous in scripture. It kind of starts the, the beginning of the messianic ministry. It was when an aged uh, priest by the name of Zacharias, Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. It's very familiar to many of you that have read the narrative in the gospel writers. But the scripture says, I love this about both Elizabeth and Zacharias, is that they were both righteous before God. They were walking before the Lord. They were doing everything. They had been in church their whole life. They served God beautifully. They served God faithfully. But the scripture says, but Elizabeth was barren. She was barren. So she felt that trauma that you talked about, Alicia, a few moments ago, every Mother's Day. She felt that. She, she, she felt that in the culture that she was living in. And then it said, and they were both now well stricken in years. But a powerful thing took place. Time doesn't allow me to preach all of it, though I could. So don't feed me too much or I will. Zechariah goes in as it's his lot, which is to serve the Lord, was to burn incense in the holy place. And he goes in to burn incense, and people are gathered outside because it's simply a part. It's a very prestigious thing to be able to go into the way, the truth, and the life, into the holy place, and burn incense on the golden altar that's set against the veil that separated the most holy place from the holy place. It's the presence of God. is a great honor to do so. And while there, Zechariah is surprised by the words of an angel who God had sent on assignment an archangel who flew from the presence of the living God, hidden in heaven, to stand in the holy place to speak to an aged man whose wife was barren. And he told Zechariah, he said, Zechariah, your wife is going to have a son, and he's going to be a prophet that's going to go in front of the coming Messiah, paraphrasing these words. Zechariah stumbled in unbelief, and when he did so, he was muted, unable to speak, but it didn't stop the prophetic word from functioning in his life. 
He goes out. They know, the people know that something happened to him because he's unable to speak and to communicate. We read, read later in the text that, that when he arrives back home after the fulfillment of his ministry duties, you know I can have a lot of fun with this because he got the old spice out. Hello, somebody. And, uh, and so, Lord Jesus, help me here. I better spin and get my right self on here because I, I can work with that. And, uh, but nonetheless, the Bible says that she conceives a child, and she hides this. She hides herself. She doesn't let anybody know for five months. For five months, she doesn't let anybody know. And then, uh, somewhere about that same six month, about a month later, then that same angel goes, this time not to an aged woman who doesn't have a child, but this time to a young girl who's, not even, who's, uh, who's only a spouse, not married, but only a spouse to a man, and he appears to her and promises her that the Spirit of God's going to come over her womb. And there's going to be a holy thing that's conceived inside of her that's going to be called the Son of the living God. And she's never known a man. And she questions the angel, not in unbelief, but with a rational question. How can this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said, it's not going to come through the seed of a man. It's going to come through the prophetic word of Almighty God. And the Spirit of God's going to come over your virginal womb. And the life of Almighty God's going to create life inside of you. And the holy thing that's going to be born inside of you and conceived inside of you is going to be called the Son of the living God. Glory to God. And Mary said, Blessed is she. Blessed. Let it happen unto me according unto thy word. And then the Bible says, now notice this. Here's what I began to see. The Bible says that almost immediately, I think that is verse number 36, I think it is, immediately she rises up and she goes, uh, she goes, that, I guess I didn't put that one, she went immediately to her cousin Elizabeth's house. But here's the prophetic word, it's right, and so she arose in those days and went, because listen, I almost omitted that, so forgive me. So when Mary had that moment there where this thing can go in one direction or another inside of her, she's heard the word, but how many know hearing the word is one thing, receiving the word's another? And so she heard the word, but look what the angel told her that helped her believe what he was saying about her. What the angel was saying to you, Mary, he said, in order for me to validate this to you so that you'll know God is up to something, do you remember your aged cousin Elizabeth? Listen, Mary, not only are you going to have a miraculous child, you need to go check out your cousin Elizabeth because she's with child too. So God used the testimony of Elizabeth to confirm the prophetic word that was being spoken to Mary. So don't tell me we don't need the, we don't need the power of both generations in the church. And so look what happens here. So Mary rises with haste. Now here's where I say the potential to stumble is present in Mary. Because she doesn't wait around. She heads uh, from Nazareth to where her uh, cousin Elizabeth is within just a few days. So during this time period, she's not missed a menstrual cycle. She's, she has no physical outward way to even know that she is with child other than just simple faith in the prophetic word. Now, Elizabeth, by now, she's showing 
And she's knowing. She's got life on the inside of her. But Mary, at this moment, all she's got is a prophetic word that God's Spirit is going to come over her. And so here's what she does, and we'll just walk it down as it unfolds in the text. I may not read it. I may just let it happen here in the theater of my mind. The Bible says that Mary goes uh, and she salutes Elizabeth. That is very important that you catch that because it means to embrace, but it's more than just to embrace. It means to be reverential. It means to, 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 to reverence. It means to honor. And so it, Mary didn't just go in there arrogant and proudful, but she recognized the gift of God. She recognized that this was an aged woman of God, and she showed honor to her. She saluted her. She submitted to her. She's inside her home. Elizabeth is her spiritual mother. Elizabeth's got the life of God inside her, and Mary comes and honors her call and gift and years of experience in that simple salutation and connecting her hearts together. And when that took place, when Elizabeth heard the... This is why I'm telling you, if we can get the younger generation to honor the age generation in the right way, there can be an an activation of the power of the presence of God unlike anything that we have seen in a long, long time in the church. And so when it came to pass, when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of the living God came upon her, and she began to prophesy and cry out with the Spirit of God upon her and said, Blessed art thou among women. Wouldn't it be a powerful thing in this house if the aged women full of the Holy Ghost would begin to go around amongst the younger women and look them in the eye and say, I know what others said about you. I know the pain and the trauma that you've been through, but I came along with the anointing of God to tell you that you're blessed of God. The anointing's on you. God's got a call, conviction, and the power of His grace that's readily available for you and your family and your children's children. Hallelujah today. That's better preaching you'll get on TV in any Sunday. Verse number 43, let's read it on down. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? I like to just read it. It makes me happy when I read it. And as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. John got in on it. John got in on this. It was a prophetic moment. The Spirit of God stirred up in that moment. Blessed, look at this. I just see it in my mind. Remember, Mary went to her. And again, the natural effects of pregnancy have not happened yet. She has no physical confirmation that she's pregnant, except for that an angel told her she was going to be. But now, the prophetic voice of an aged mother in Israel speaks over her and says, Blessed are you that believed. My God, what would happen? What would happen if the aged women of God, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, we, we all are grieved a little bit of, about some decisions that are being made in the younger generation. And we can shout at the darkness all we want to. Or we can say, let the younger generation come to me. Because I got something that you need. See, I'm, I'm aging there. I know it's not Father's Day. Uh, somebody was counting the gray hairs of my beard this morning. And so I I know what it's like to age some. You know what I say to the younger generation? I'm not going to be critical of you. I'm not going to judge you. Come around and hang around us a little bit. It won't be long. You'll get what I got. 
You'll have the same anointing. The Spirit of God could be upon you. She, this aged mama looked at her and said, let me tell you, Mary, blessed are you because you believed. And God says there's going to be a performance. Can you just feel that moment? One, it was one thing to hear it from the angel, and now it's to hear it from this aged woman of faith who was prophesying over her and said, I want you to know, Mary, everything the angel told you is going to come to pass. Verse 46, and then look what happened. Hallelujah. Can y'all not see that? And then Mary said, I see it this way. Mary there humbled, presenting herself to, to Elizabeth, saluting her, reverencing her, honoring her, knowing without a doubt that God had done something powerful in her because she's got the physical sign of it. There's life in her womb. Mary has not had any physical change to her body. She only heard the word. She journeyed up there believing that what God promised he would bring to pass. And now the prophetic unction in Elizabeth is reawakened. And as it reawakens, she is now blessing the generation that is to come. And as she blesses her and prophesies over her, it's not long before I could just see better. It's about that. Mary's only 14 to 16 years of age. Are y'all out there? This is ISM students right here. And this is young in heart and ISM coming together in the church. Are are y'all with me? Can y'all not see that? Young in heart, ISM coming together in that moment. A single mother, pregnant, going to be ridiculed and criticized, face all types, uh, the potential of even being stoned, the potential of losing the espousement to her husband, her future husband, Joseph. All that hangs in the balance. Uh, But an aged woman of God has prophesied over her that everything that God told you is going to come to pass. And about that time, Mary raises that hand toward heaven. And the Spirit of God that was on Elizabeth is now on Mary. And she said, my soul does magnify the Lord. And she begins to rejoice in God her Savior. And I want you to know today, we need a new wave of spiritual dynamics in the church where the aged women prophetically bless the young women in the house of God. And we pass the power of His presence from one generation to the generation that is to come. I'm going to ask Daryl if he'll join me on the platform today. Thank God for women today. Thank God for prophetic women because here's why I say every one of you ladies can be a prophetic woman. Don't let anything in your mind, it's unbelief that says you can't have the prophetic unction of God. That promise was to you. It's to you, ma'am. I want you to know that. The, The thing that I have, the thing that I long for, the thing that I desire the most for you is for you to see by the eye of faith that the power of his presence can be upon your life. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? You can have the unction of God, the anointing of God. From the age to the youngest among us. Ma'am, I'm telling you, today's your day. It's a day when God's Spirit can be stirred inside you. And His anointing can be released in your life. I was thinking for just a moment of time here about some of the, the, the women in our church that have that prophetic unction. And sometimes life prevents them from being among us anymore through physical limitations. The outward man begins to perish How many know the inward one is still renewed day by day? And I'm telling you, young ladies, I want you to listen to me. You want what the older women in the Pentecostal movement had. Now, I know some of you say, man, I saw some legalism, and I saw some abuse, and I saw, I I know all that, but you got to be big enough to 
to move on past that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the pure work of the Holy Spirit, the real genuine work of the Holy Spirit, where women have an anointing and the Spirit of God's upon them. Um, I go, Sister Cossie lives by my house, and, and I stop by there occasionally and visit with her. And Sister Cossie's 92 years old, and she's been in this church for, for 60 years and, and, and Pentecostal. And, and, and uh, I, never, I never get to pray for Sister Cossie, never get to pray for her. I pray with her. Because the moment I begin to pray, right there, right there, I mean, aged over on oxygen, back bent over like the woman of Luke chapter number 13 and, and can't raise herself up in pain. But the moment that the pastor kneels down and begins to pray, she don't just come to, for me to bless her. She adds her agreement. And my anointing stirs her anointing. And the Spirit of God, and it's not long, and I'm praying in the Spirit of God. Joined with her. That, there's an agitation. Dr. Brassett, I didn't know you'd be here today, but your mom then takes it to the next level. Because when you go see Sister Brassfield, she, you have the same moment with her just like that. But she won't let you say amen and take your preacher's robe and walk out. She's going to pray for you before you leave the house. Because of the prophetic anointing that's on. Isn't that right, Dr. B? That's right. She's not going to let you walk out. She's not going to let you come in there and just pray for her. I've gone in many times and prayed with her, and all of a sudden she's praying for Sister Sherry. She's praying for the children. She's blessing our household. And I just want you to know, church family, we need a generational blessing to come together. We need the younger to honor the older, and we need the older to speak prophetic life over the younger and let your gift be passed to the generation that is to come. Would you all stand up with me today? Ladies, I'm going to ask you to do something here. I'm just going to ask, I don't know how to do this or I'm going to get in trouble. I can't ask ladies to come forward. Now, let me say this. We, I know there's still some things with COVID, uncertainties that some have in their mind. I don't want to exclude anyone and I don't, I'm not trying to, if you don't feel comfortable coming to an altar, you, you do what's right for you. We've attempted not to judge anybody, right? You do what's right for you. But we've been having altar services. In my mind, I'd love to see it almost be like age here, age here, and then finally an older generation. Just kind of kind of like just surrounding this young. But you know what? That'd get me in trouble. And then I would be looking for new work next week. And all I know how to do is preach. So I can't do that. So what I'm going to do then is I'm just going to say, let the ladies come together, and let's just let it be intermingled for a few moments. Can't we just come together and just pray for a few minutes? I prayed that God would impart spiritual, his spiritual power and presence. And, and if we would just pray for a few minutes at the altar, we're gonna, I want to pray over you. I want to pray with you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let some of the ladies kind of just put a hand and a shoulder, and then me and Sherry, and our, we've got carnations to give to all the ladies that are present just as a simple act of blessing to say, God bless you today. But listen, that's not my heart is not about the flower. My heart's about his presence, the prophetic unction of God. That's what I want to see in your life, ma'am. So, ma'am, if you can come to the front, I want to ask you, even if we had to clear out the guys from the front row to make room, we'll, we'll get any lady that needs to be seated, be seated. But, ma'am, can y'all just come and worship for just a few minutes? For just a moment, let's pray. So, ladies, I want to ask you, don't, don't let the altar be an a, a unfamiliar place to you. 
Don't let it be an unfamiliar place. Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God. Put a hand on somebody's shoulder when you get close, if you don't mind, a little bit. I mean, if, it, if, if it's intrusive to you, uh, then that's fine. Then don't do that. But I'm just saying, and I, I'm not trying to weird anybody out or anything like that, but I just love the power of connection, the power of connection, the power of the Spirit of God, the power of unction, the power of anointing. I want to ask you to pray. I want you to make your heart. Where are you at in this list? Our heads are bowed, our eyes closed. Where are you? Aged women, young women? Are you the children among us? Are you the... Are you the virgins that are going to prophesy? Or are you the aged women that are going to prophesy? The, really, it's, not about, it's, it's just simply about receiving of the dynamic of the Spirit of God. I feel that today, church family. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I have My prayer for you, ma'am, my prayer for you today is it, it's more than just God heal their heart, bless their family. It's more than just God give them you know, their, their career or whatever thing that they've chosen in life. No, my heart here today is that you would be filled with the power of the Spirit of the living God. That the anointing of God would be upon you like Ruth of old. You would wash yourself. You would be anointed of God. The anointing would be upon your head. You would have a prophetic unction inside you. Let me tell you, ma'am, one of the greatest things that you can do right now, listen to Pastor Brown, is pray out loud. You say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm quiet. I'm reserved. I don't like to do that. I know. I'm, that's why I'm challenging you. Pray out loud. Loose your tongue. Give God glory. Because out of that river of living water, you'll begin to learn to let the Spirit flow upon you in the name of Jesus. So pray. Don't be ashamed. Nobody's listening to you. Ain't nobody got time to listen to your prayer. They're praying their own prayer to God. Father, today, Lord, would you hear our prayer? Men that are seated back, would you pray? Would you stretch your hand out? And begin to bless this generation of women. Would you begin to bless them? Would you call on the name of the Lord? Would you pray and ask God? God, would you bless today? Father, would you impart prophetic blessings to these ladies? God, would you fill each woman under the sound of my voice with the power of the Holy Spirit? God, would you give them the ability to speak with other tongues and to prophesy as the Spirit of God gives them utterance? God, I'm praying that there is a release of a dynamic spirit of grace in this group of women. Right here, right now, young women, older women, God, middle-aged women. God, Father, all across the board, the prophetic promise is that the spirit, that they shall prophesy. Who will say that with me right now? They shall prophesy. I shall prophesy. I will prophetically declare the blessing of God over my house and my household as a handmaiden of the Lord. I'm anointed of God. His Spirit is upon me. I've washed myself. He's anointed me. I have found a fellowship with Boaz. Jesus is my kinsman redeemer. And His anointing, He's covered me with His skirt. Glory to God. Hallelujah, the anointing's upon you, ma'am, in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, today I bless, I bless, I bless, I bless. Father, I bless today. Holy Spirit, I'm blessing the women of this house. Dr. B, join your faith with mine right now. Let's you and I pray a prayer of agreement right now. God, we bless these women among us. The aged women are our mothers, and the young women are our sisters and daughters, God. And we bless them, Father, in the name of Jesus, in apostolic authority. We bless, we say, God, fill them unto overflowing. Impart spiritual gifts into them. In the name of Jesus, impart unto them spiritual gifts, dynamics, callings of God. 
Mamas, if your daughters are near you, then your hand ought to be on their shoulder right now in the name of Jesus. And if you say, Pastor, I don't have any kinfolk with me right now, that's all right. The Spirit of God is, uh, is in, in encapsulating you as I speak right now in Jesus' name. Holy Father, I just say, God, let there be dynamic connections. Let there be connections in this body. God, give us some modern-day Ruth's and Naomi's. Father, give us some modern-day Father Mary and Elizabeth's. Father, I'm going to pray right now, Father, that every aged woman who is prophetic in spirit, God, that right now, take of the anointing that's on them and put it on a young person in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody, pray. I felt the Spirit of God right there. God, let all the, come on, you say, Pastor, I, don't offend me with being, I, I, listen, let's don't go there. If you say, Pastor, I have the prophetic anointing on my life, I'm going to speak it over somebody right now. I want you to open your mouth and loose it. I want you to speak life over a young lady. I want you to speak life over your daughters or somebody that you don't even know uh, that's here today that you say, but, uh, but, but maybe God might give you a spiritual daughter today. Maybe God will give a spiritual mother to somebody in this room right now. God, I'm stirring this moment up. I'm not going to let it pass. I'm going to keep putting fuel on the fire because I believe there's anointing in this house right now. I believe it, Father, right now. The Spirit of God is upon us in the name of Jesus. Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of God, Father, take the spirits from the nannies and the grandmas and put it on the youngest among us, God, in the name of Jesus. Put the anointing of God and let the younger women honor and salute the Elizabeths that are among us, God, in the name of Jesus. Holy Father, let the power of your presence be on these women. In Jesus' name, God, fill me. Now, ladies, I want you to pray a prayer with me right now. Join your faith with mine. I'm your pastor today. And let's just pray. Father, fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. You pray that. Don't be ashamed of that. Man, I prayed that before I came to preach to you today. I said, God, I've got to have the anointing. I can't preach good enough. I can't be eloquent enough. God, I can't say all the right things. If I don't have the anointing of God, I'm nothing but a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. But God, in the name of Jesus, if your spirit is among us, God, if your spirit, I stir the waters, God. I stir the fire, God, in the name of Jesus. Fill these women. Fill these women. Open their mouth, God. Give us a Miriam, Father. Give us a Mary. Give us a Elizabeth. Give us a Ruth, give us a Deborah, God, in Jesus' name, Lord. Men, women of warfare, women of power, give us an Abigail, God, in the name of the Lord. God, give us, Father God, those that cry out, Father, in intercession, Lord, in Jesus' name. Spirit of God, Spirit of the living God, be upon these beautiful women here today and this church family, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, come on, come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, Dr. B, come on, grab the microphone from JoJo. You come on the platform, and, and you begin to pray a prophetic blessing over them to close this part of the service. I'm telling you, I believe generational blessings going to flow. Let the generational blessing flow. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Spirit of God. Now, listen, ma'am, you feel like praying for somebody? Go to them right now. Don't wait. Put a hand on their shoulder. Could you unite with them in prayer? Pray over them, in Pray over them Dr. Brassville, in Jesus' name.
Thank you, Dr. Brassfield. Now, listen, ladies, you can't leave. You can't leave. Sister Sherry's coming, but I'm going to have some of these pastors come alongside with us, too, today, real quickly. Listen, all we, we've got a small little gesture here today, and that is just simply, uh, we want to just give every lady here that we can a little carnation that just says, God bless you and thank you for just being you. Joe and Ann, y'all come beside me, if you would, and come here, and, align, and, and me and Sister Sherry, and Shane and Ken, if you want to, and Jason Kane. I just need help. I need help here today, because I don't want these ladies to just be waiting for an hour. But listen, here's, we want you to get your picture taken. But we want to ask you to take a flower, let a pastor, pass, pass, no, these are just for anybody, just, yes, yeah, anybody, right there, just pass them. Uh, but listen, ladies, listen, there's a pastor going to give it to you, and if, if you accept a hug, they're going to give you a hug too. If you don't want a hug, then you just say, don't touch me. <laughs> give them the hands out. Right there. But let them, go, let them go through and just pass these out. And then you got to go with your family and get your picture taken. We really appreciate that. Where's John? Those girls are already at work.